The views stated by the hosts of this podcast are opinion only and should not take the place of a qualified healthcare professional or mental health specialist. This podcast is for education and recreation. Welcome to Ask a Hag, a podcast about self-care and witchcraft in the modern world. I am Allison. I'm Leslie. We are asked questions every day in the work that we do within our community, and this podcast is a space for us where we can share our knowledge and experience as witches and healers. This is a place where you, dear listener, can find inspiration and feel empowered wherever you are on your journey. It's spooky season! Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the spookiest time of year. It sure is. We're eating Halloween candy yeah. literally right now. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I have some Sour Patch Kids. Yep. I just gotta say. Yeah. I always seem to open up the Sour Patch bag that never has the red ones. Oh, you like the red? That's all I want. That's interesting. I like the blues. Oh, I got a blue one in there. Mm, good for you. We got Reese's PCs. We got Reese's Cups. And then, of course, the coveted Kit Kat. Um, mm. <clears throat> Donna, what... Hi. What was your favorite candy when you were uh, Halloweening as a kid? Um... <laughs> Think it through. Take your time. <laughs> it, this is going to be edited, so just you know, be free Shut with up yourself, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think uh, looking back, that my favorite was probably Butterfinger, which is absolutely oh. not my favorite now. But I think when I was a little kid, it was one of the top priorities. Uh-huh. Would those go first? <sighs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but um. What I still love to this day from the whole, we had pillowcases that we would go sure, trick-or-treating. Yeah, oh, what, whatever container, like the whole hoard of candy was in, my favorite thing is the smell. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And it's the smell of like <laughs> fruity candy and like, oh, like so some right. ladies' old quarters oh, that you wrapped yeah. in foil and then like bags of chips <laughs> and like quarters all wrapped the, in foil. Yeah. That smell. That smell is intoxicating. Mm-hmm. Like I would take the smell over the candy any oh. day. That the smell of that bag full of candy is just. Would you just stick your head in there and yeah. a big? Whiff. Not, you'd, you'd huff it. Once we were old enough to like be smart enough to keep our candy that we got in our room, like your whole room would smell. Oh yeah, like that insane <gasps> yeah candy potpourri. Candy potpourri. I'm just gonna have a, a nice dish of candy potpourri uh-huh. sitting around. I love it. I do like that too. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. Totally. And I'm sure our listeners know exactly what oh, you're talking yeah. about. Absolutely. It takes you back, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And anytime we come across something that smells like that, Donna's like, oh, it smells like Halloween candy bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mainly oh. the candy aisle. Yeah. <laughs> At Walgreens. It's true. Yeah. That's great. Less. Yeah, well, go ahead. I think it's safer to be like, what didn't I like? That's fine too, dude. Because yeah. I loved them all. Yeah. But when I would get those Nico wafers, yeah, I was no, like, get these it. out of here. Yeah, the garbage. Mm-hmm. Trash. Get it trash. out of here. It's trash. And here's what also would happen as I would come home and I would, I would really, I, you know, feet to the pavement. I had, I had a sp- specific amount of time mm-hmm. and my goal was to get as much candy in that bag as possible. Mm-hmm. I wasn't stopping to chat. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're like pushing people out of the way. Like, Marnie's like, how did it go? And you're like, get out of my way. She, well, here's what would happen is I'd come home and she and my dad would be like, well, let's see if there's anything in no. here that has a razor in it. Oh. <laughs> my Reese's peanut butter cups were gone. No. And, all, and all my hard work. Yeah. It, it is hard Absconded. work marching our little butts 
thoughts around. And let me just ask you one more thing. I don't know if this is because I shared with you earlier that I was a hyper hyper. Like I was mm. a I was a hyper kid, yeah. little Chrissy. I was <laughs> a little Chrissy. <laughs> was little Chrissy. <laughs> little Chrissy from Pecker. She. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was known in my family, like, just hide the candy from Leslie. Yeah. Um, but I was always amazed with the kids. Like, I would go sleep over at Sally's house, like, November 20th. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. how do you still have candy? Uh-huh. <laughs> Mine okay? was gone <laughs> November 1st. It's gone, <laughs> you know? Like, I was always so amazed with how there, there was still candy around. Restraint. My brother would always have candy around. Yeah, me too. And I would get hip to it and be like, "Uh huh, I'll help you out there, buddy." (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I kept mine. I kept mine, and I always saved Butterfingers because those were my favorite when I was a kid as well. I always saved them like kind of for the last. So I got all this like the Smarties and just like the fucking Three Musketeer bars, which I don't care about. I ate those and then like one Butterfinger, you know, just to kind of, you know, wow. get the, keep the, wow, the spirit so going. That's incredible. <laughs> keep the spirit going. Uh-huh. But yeah, I also, I had candy for quite a while. I wouldn't go as far as like November 12th per se, but my younger sister also annihilated hers mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so I'm gone. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um. So great question. Yeah. So <laughs> listeners, I guess. I mean, this is like the tone of the of the episode. We're talking about Samhain. Yes, we are. The pagan holiday that happens around October thirty first. Yes. In the yeah. wheel of the year here yeah. in the northern hemisphere, since yes. we're in Pennsylvania, uh-huh. um, we kind of gathered some listener questions uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so we're just kind of, kind of like, not necessarily call you, you find folk out. We're just kind of like going to answer them in like a going over paragraph sort of style yeah. thing. Okay. Monologue, gotcha. maybe. Yeah. So the first question was food traditions. Right. What food traditions happen around Samhain? Candy, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. Sweets. Sweets. Um, lots of pumpkin stuff. Uh-huh. Obviously. We, we had a, um, a wonderful home in our neighborhood that always had um, cider and donuts. Yes. And we had popcorn balls. Homemade oh God, popcorn yeah. balls was a big deal. Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty much like anything that feels like an offering. Exactly. It's a special time of year. And so offerings are huge right mm-hmm. now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, of course, your pumpkin rolls, your pumpkin breads. Mm-hmm. Um, my family didn't really like have any, you know, because I grew up Christian. So we didn't have like a special meal this time of year, but I know that, um, some, uh, pagan traditions will have pies made out of berries that are kind of ripening this time of year. So like Hawthorne berry, um, that sort of thing. And lots of nuts. Mm -hmm. So nuts would also be like a common theme, you know, in baked goods and things like that. Mm -hmm. So a mulled wine, even a mulled cider, hot cider, Mm -hmm. which I love. I do too. It's delicious. Cakes. Yeah. We used to have, my mom would always get us crescent moon cakes, these Mm. beautiful orange cakes. Oh, so I would love to have those, those crescent moon cakes. There's this really great, um, website called gather Victoria and then they go by the same handle on Instagram. And I love the people that run this, 
um, because they are like wild harvester people. They're into wild foods. They do a lot of like historical research around like, you know, pagan holidays and traditions and things. And one of the things um, that I was reading, um, this is an article from four years ago on their blog. They talk about all souls cakes. Um, that are traditionally made out of berries and nuts, usually hazelnut, and they are given um, to trick-or-treaters, you know, people going around house to house on the 29th of um, October through November 2nd. Mm. And that kind of is like part harvest celebration and then once again part um, offering as well. Yeah. Um, to the spirits of the land. And uh, I really like that idea of, um, you know, creating a kind of cake as opposed to like, you know, commercial candy and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I love that idea yeah, too. It's yeah. pretty cool. Mm, very cool. Mm-hmm. Gather Victoria. Gather Victoria. They're, they're amazing. Their um, handle says um, ancestral food, herbal wisdom, magical cookery, and seasonal celebration. And everything they put out is, is just really thoughtful and well-rounded and mm-hmm. is really inspiring too. Like their, their imagery on their Instagram is really That's nice. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I like it. So food traditions, yeah, and I, you know, for us, you know, my mom would always make a meal that night, you know, and sometimes it would be, you know, a, a, a something that would be, you know, hearty, yeah, for the evening. Because you're going out walking. Because it's going out walking, yeah. and it's cold, so there would be stews. She loves to make goulash. I'm not a fan. What's what is goulash? You don't know what I'm goulash is? Mm-mm. What? Seriously? Yeah, I don't. I believe it's Hungarian. Okay, and Donna, it's, do you know what it is? It's soup. no, it's basically like a bolognese with elbow macaroni. Oh, she used to make it all. Beefaroni. Yeah, beefaroni. but goulash, yes. beefaroni is goulash, and it would be like it would be a tomato base with you know a ground chosen meat. You could even do it with your impossible meats. Mm-hmm. Your impossible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it's Hungarian. Um, goulash. I never liked it at all. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it to this day. She's like, I make goulashes. But, <laughs> but yeah, like green pepper. Beefaroni. Beef goulash. Mm. How about Beef that? Beefaroni? How about that? Anyway, so she'd make the goulash. Okay. Is that something that's a crock pot situation? You or? could be, sure. Oh. Oh, yeah. An electric skillet situation. Oh, uh-huh. an electric skillet. Yeah. Um, I was telling Donna about Plus, how- it's goulash. <laughs> goulash. It's goulash. <laughs> I love it. I was telling Donna about how um, my mother was very, she felt very strongly about using an electric skillet for only cooking things that had ground beef in it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. We can't figure it out. She would make chili. She would make um, goulash. goulash, which we called um, hamburger helper. Uh, <laughs> she would make sloppy joes uh-huh. in the in the fucking mm-hmm. electric skillet. Yeah, I, I have no idea what the big deal was because it's not like you know you're making a mess on the stove or some shit. Yeah. Also, the stove was an electric stove, so literally, so you it were wasn't like to the your t- your, of, your no. heat gradient was such no. or consistent. Or it was ju- we were just s- standing to the left of the stove with the skillet plugged into the elect to the uh, outlet. Huh. Which the stove was plugged into the same outlet. 
Interesting. I never understood that an electric skillet was a thing. Mm-mm. We didn't have that in our home. We did, Mm-mm. and we loved it. That's yeah. how I learned how to cook. Like, that's what I learned out how to cook on. I have, like, early memories of standing on a chair and, like, stirring ground beef while my mom was doing some chopping of onions or some shit. Clearly, it held some esteem in her mind. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Jean, if you're listening. What's going on, what's with, going on with the electric skillet? What's it for? What's, what's the deal? <laughs> she also doesn't use it anymore, too. Oh. Now that we're grown up, you know. So what, what happened? Huh. Get rid of the skillet. <laughs> Party time's over. <laughs> Replace it with... Um, Common sense. Yeah. <laughs> There she goes. She's doing another Kit Kat. So, yeah, we always, you know, there was always, even now, too, like when, when Jim and I are home and it's, I love to make a really, a beautiful soup. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lovely soup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soup. Soup. So, yeah, it's really like, a, like just a nice warm meal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, back then it was cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During October 31st. Yeah, it used to snow. Yeah. It yeah. did used to snow. That's right. Oh, right. Oh, gosh. Do you remember that? Like I do. Oh, it was gorgeous. Well, I would wear... I'm, I hated having to compromise on my me costume. Me too. I was just going to say that too. Mm. That big puffy winter coat and then your mm-hmm. costume on top. It's so stupid. Oh, gosh. I would rather freeze. Yeah. Than compromise my witch outfit. Mm-hmm. 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 Rituals. Mm-hmm. What kinds of rituals are commonly performed this time of year divination of course comes up lots of divination quite a lot right? because the veil is thin the and veil is ancestor thin. um i loved hearing you say the word ancestor veneration mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. you know for me i like to to kind of pause for me it's it's an i'm not always working like i'll consecrate a tool yeah yeah i will like see what's coming up for the remainder of the year in terms of tarot mm-hmm um, I'll charge like I I made some tinctures a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? Well, for me, and, the, and, yeah, and the an- ancestor stuff. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's a re- it's a time of release because this is considered the witch's new year. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, October thirty first is the last day of the year in the wheel of the calendar, and then you know we step into the new year. So. You know, I agree with you, Leslie. This isn't really, for me anyway, a time for hardcore spiritual workings or spell Mm-mm. work or beginning anything new. This is about shedding and releasing and giving thanks. Mm-hmm. There's a huge reason why we're, you know, we're looking at the pumpkin as a big symbol for this time of year. You know, it's about the harvest. It's about mm-hmm. what we've done with our time and our energy. What what did we dream of and did it come to fruition? Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, utilizing the energy of what our green elders are doing right now, which is gracefully allowing things to fall and yeah. shed away. Yes. You know? It's the human condition to be disappointed and almost like petulant <laughs> when we don't get mm-hmm. our way, mm-hmm. when our plans don't happen for us. And, you know, especially here sitting in, in a COVID year, um, you know, a lot of us had plans that did not happen this year, mm-hmm. myself included. And also myself included, you know, that feeling of like sadness and regret and like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, I really think that the, a big lesson for Samhain for me, and I hope for this resonates with our listeners, is to really work with that energy of graceful release um, and understanding that it just wasn't time. Yeah. And then giving thanks for what did come in, yeah. you know, which being in quarantine, you got a lot of time 
to, to, you know, think about yourself and your community and your family. And hopefully, you know, you're thinking about your role in social justice work. There's just, there's so much that, that has come up mm-hmm. this year. So, you know, ancestor veneration mm-hmm. for me personally, this is like the high holiday for that sort of stuff. Our listeners have heard me talk about this a lot. So this is the time if, if you're so inclined to set up an ancestor altar, if you have not done so already, and to really trick it out, move it center stage in your home, as mm-hmm. far as like putting it in a safe space, but not in your bedroom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, flowers and food offerings and pomegranates, pomegranates, yes, and oh apples and and um i have goldenrod on mine mm-hmm. right now which is mm-hmm. in flower currently outside and just really like tending to it and thanking them and then on the 31st offering that dumb supper yeah you know yeah setting them a, a plate up at your table for your evening meal and actively asking them to come and join you yeah. that, that's a big thing is actively asking them to to come and join you um to sup with you yeah Um, yeah. And so we had someone ask us like, why this time of year? And, you know, Leslie and I were kind of like bouncing back and forth. Why this time of year, the veil being the thinnest. Yeah. For Mm -hmm. us here in the North. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why is the veil the thinnest this time of year? Mm -hmm. And the simplest answer is nature. Yeah. Because of the way the sun hits our part of the earth. Celestial bodies. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Nature. Nature. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that neat? Well, yeah, and it's it is, and like you know, we were talking too. It's it's seasonal. The harvest is ending. Yep. It, you know, the the leaves are falling off of the trees. Mm-hmm. There is this idea of death that's shifting, yes. anyways. Yep. Nights are becoming cooler. Mm-hmm. It is like this preparation for tur- for turnover for rebirth for a new. That's right, coming in. That's right, which happens on uh, in bulk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of this kind of stuff really spirals out and echoes in a lot of what our ancestors have have done, you know, the pastoral practices pre-Christian time. Folks were so heavily in tune with the landscape and most likely practicing animist Mm -hmm. um, things as far as like seeing spirit in every single thing, rock, flower, plant, um, animal, ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense, you know, that this is kind of like built and and like woven into our, our culture and our society. And what we were talking about earlier too, is like the veil is thin many times throughout the year. That's right. Yeah. It can be thin within us at different times Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of like celebratory, you know, thinking of like your, you know, any sort of threshold or rite of passage to me, it feels like there's an opening that exists. But at the, like, even at midnight, right, three o'clock in the morning, like these are all thin times where the where the veil is is kind of open to us in a way. But now, for us here in the United States, this is a time also for that that sort of honoring of it, yeah, really honoring it, yeah, yeah, because it's it's in our face, yeah. <laughs> It is. Right? <laughs> it is. It's in our face. Yeah. Yeah. Our gardens are beginning to, to you know, fade away. And the, the time for rest is yeah. coming. Preparing for the winter time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Love it. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had somebody say, um, you know, how, uh, how can we help our plant friends through this time? And how can I say goodnight to them? And it's, it's pretty simple. You just 
walk and you say thank you. Yeah. You know, they know how to move through this transition. They are not sad <laughs> to see summer yeah. go. You know, it's us who are sad to see see summer go. I don't what? Yeah, I don't know if Donna and I totally agree with that. <laughs> Cause we love this time of year. <laughs> Well, I love this time of year too. Yeah. I'm just saying, like us collectively. Yeah. You know, there there's a lot of you know. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people that yeah. feel that All way. Right. You know, I feel fine. This, listen, I'm in your camp. Fine. I'm, I am pro autumn, <laughs> anti summer. Donna and I are like, oh my god, it's going to be 60 degrees. I know. I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be amazing. I'm so tired of sweating. I am too. I'm tired of sweating. No, but as well. you're but, right. Because, but really, because the other thing is, is it's like, well, we can't. You know, if you were to to go back to that time, it's like. Summer's over, and summer was the time when you could really harvest, you know, like it's plant a lot of and work. harvest and grow and work. work. And yes, summer for our ancestors was work. Yeah, it was no rest. It no. was no pool time, swimming around and Mm-mm. drinking your beers. It was no. there was no like spraying yourselves with the hose. None. And it. No, it was it was hard work yeah. because they were trying to grow enough food to be able to survive winter. Um, so now it's time to celebrate. Yeah. Now it's time to have a good time. Yeah. That's kind of like. It is time to, yeah. It's I'm time thinking. for spooky stories. It's time for spooky stories. That's right. And That's it's right. what I love about that too is that oral tradition of wanting yes. to share the story. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yep. The campfires and the. Oh, it's the best. The smell of the leaves and yes. the smell of burning leaves. I always love just, just the second you could smell that mm-hmm. burning leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's delightful. What elements are most powerful right now? I would say water. Yeah. Um, for me, air. Air is changing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, water is the most present just because it's it's a transitional time and water is like, like the most fluid yeah. of the elements. This is the time where a lot of our ancestors were offering sacrifices, <gasps> specifically yeah. blood sacrifices. To the earth? To the earth, mm-hmm. to the ancestors, mm-hmm. and to elves. Yeah. So I've been doing some research on yeah. Norse yes. traditions and Norse mythology yeah, and things like really that. Yeah, you've really been immersed. I've been, yeah, I've been yeah. deep into Good. it. You know, it's think, fun. Yeah. Um, because of ancestry and, you know, what... Mm-hmm. what a uh, spirit is telling me. So, mm-hmm. so I thought, Oh, well, what, what, what happens? You know, what sorts of things happen at this time of year for, for those kinds of traditions. And one of the things in Scandinavia is something called off blot, which I'm sure that I'm mispronouncing that. So I apologize if anybody is from Sweden listening um, or knows Swedish, but it's, it's spelled a L F B L O T. And it means elf ritual. Um, I love this. I do too. So the in Norse mythology, elves and ancestors were kind of mixed and not separate in the way that like we like to think here in our modern culture. Um, Some people who were living can become elves if they were good enough or strong enough or powerful enough in war. Um, so oftentimes a king would then become an elf. Um, and there were two groups of elves, uh, dark elves and light elves. And this doesn't necessarily like indicate good or bad. Mm -hmm. It just means the dark elves lived underground in caves and they had more interaction with us because they lived on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, and then light elves were more like celestial beings. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And both groups were good and bad Mm -hmm. as far as like how they interacted with individuals and the collective human race, according to the stories. So, um, so because ancestors like grandma and grandpa were kind of like living with the elves in this kind of mythology, people would offer sacrifices to the ancestral mounds. So the burials, the burial mounds, which is also where the dark elves lived. Uh huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this, this is kind of like where I'm thinking, like, maybe this is where our dumb feast came from. Maybe this is where our trick or treat originated as far as like, okay, our ancestors, if we're thinking about how the land works, our ancestors, after they die, we are able to get food from them essentially because of decomposition. Right. Mm-hmm. So if our, um, if our past family relations saw that happening, well then of course they're going to give thanks to their ancestors because they were able to live and sustain life. And so it kind of like spiraled into this really interesting, rich history that lots of different cultures rename, you Mm -hmm. know, but there is a, a common thread of giving an offering of thanks in return at the end of the harvest. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the elf blot, for instance, we don't know a whole lot about it because it was an oral tradition thing. And there's only one piece of writing that really describes like what this singular person's experience was Mm -hmm. and this person whose name I can't even pronounce. So I'm not even going to try. This guy was a Christian. So he was kind of like kept out of the experience, but what was gotten from the writing was that um, they would sacrifice animals to the burial mounds. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> death. <laughs> Salwin is about death. It is about death. It <laughs> just is about death. It just is. It's it's about and the you know and the yeah like we, we talked about it last year too but yeah. like the exchange of dressing up is to scare away the evil spirits because the veil is thin right. and giving the sweets is an offering saying you know kind of putting you know appeasing them yes basically and also venerating mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. yeah and that's what it and that and is that's, it it's that's death. It. It's not complicated. So, and death, but in, death in a time of remembrance too, and protect, you know, protection against, right? You know, the tricksters or, or you know, the doppelgangers, as we've heard about, you know. Right. excited to write to you again. I still love your podcast so much. Recently, we acquired a plot of land right next to the forest. The energy there is absolutely amazing and intoxicating. I was wondering, what can I do to honor the land? How can I honor the spirits there? I'm really new to this, 
but I very much want to live in communion with the area. I have always wanted to live in the mountains next to a forest. And the reason is I want to work with plants and nature spirits, but I don't exactly know how. Do you have any book recommendations on the subject also? Thank you. And if you ever visit Romania, you always have a place to stay with me. Thank, Thank you. you, my friend. <laughs> so oh my sweet. gosh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so I have some thoughts about this. The first thing would be to observe your land. It's pretty mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. You're just using your senses, your smell, touch, taste, hearing, you know, all the things. And um, you're just being curious about the landscape. Get to know the space. Get to know who lives there. Get to know what grows there. Get to know what kind of rocks are there. Get out your identification books. I'm sure that you can find some, you know, um, for your area of the world. And just explore what kind of mushrooms live there. You know, there's there's so much to learn just by, and that's basically what I did, you know. You just go out into a wild space with an open heart, and you're just like, here I am. You literally say, here I am. I'd love to get to know you. And then you just spend time. Do you lay down on the ground? I like to do that. Yes. Yes, laying down on the ground is really helpful mm-hmm. too. Um, so that's that's one thing. Offerings is a big, big thing, especially with land spirits, because mm-hmm. um, land spirits are hella old. Appropriate offerings are things like milk, butter, honey, um, flowers, anything biodegradable, mm. nothing that actually stays. Mm-hmm. So no candle wax. You know, I would say that stones are questionable, mm. you know, but natural stones would mm-hmm. be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, you want you want to give an offering of thanks for the land because they're allowing you to be in that space. Yeah. Um, they're, they're welcoming you with an open arms. Um, it sounds like, you know, you really have a deep connection to this place and, and that connection is initiated by them. You have to be mm-hmm. accepted by them. And so when you walk into that place and you feel warm and safe, that's them telling you that you are welcome there. And so giving thanks is a huge, huge part of that of that relationship. I love that. And then also seeing the animals that are coming through. Yeah. yeah. Because they can bring messages to you about the land as mm-hmm. well. Absolutely. Oh. I mean, even the common squirrel, you know? Yeah. Squirrels are amazing. Yeah. Chipmunks. Incredible. I do. I love them. I love a mm-hmm. chippy. Mm-hmm. I do too. And, um, I, you know, I love to read the clouds. I love to read the birds that are flying, like their flight patterns. So when you are laying down and connecting with your land, look up to the sky and see how the sky in that sort of footage, that square footage of area or in your plot of land because that's kind of that whole connection right yeah. there. It's like yep. this it's the whole biodome, right? Mm-hmm. So what are the cl- how are the clouds kind of speaking to you and mm-hmm. what are their messages as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, by kind of divining from the shapes that you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And that. also consider, I love that too. Mm-hmm. I love that, Leslie. Um, I love that. I love that. Uh, <laughs> also consider if you feel safe to do so, going there at night. As well, because nighttime, especially during the full moon, when you can, you know, the light is just touching the ground and you can see well, you know, the landscape changes in that way, you know. And so, again, you know, getting to know the land in a different um, setting 
is also really lovely. And don't forget the seasons too. So it sounds like you're, you know, you're there to stay, you're putting down roots, Mm -hmm. you know, notice how your landscape changes throughout the year because we witches are deeply connected to the earth. Um, our holidays are deeply connected to the, to the earth seasons. So that's also, um, a place where you can learn and be taught. Um, but again, you know, I want to stress making sure that you feel safe, you know, to explore at night is a big thing. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. We have Artemis from parts unknown. My brother, grandmother, and grandfather passed away this year. What are some ways I can honor them on Samhain? Love you all, and I feel so blessed every time I listen to the podcast. Oh, that's a, that's so a big chunk of family. I'm really sad to hear that. There's been great loss this year, and yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of incredible... It's You know, I just feel this like deep... It's not a sadness because there's a joyful honoring in it that I, I sense, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I also feel like we're, we're kind of preparing a way as well. Yeah. So, well, you know, we were talking a lot about this. I'm a big fan of, of candles. Yes. I'm a big too. fan of lighting that candle, mm-hmm. of honoring that life as it relates to the flickering of the flame. So I would, I mean, like, even spending you know, the week leading up or the couple, couple days, like October 30th through November 2nd, just lighting a candle, tending to a flame every night in memory of your loved ones that mm-hmm. have passed this year and really honoring that their, li- that, that their life is eternal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also remembering your connection to them. I think, um, you know, one of the ways that these people live on in us is through story. Um, so if you are able to and feel comfortable and ready, you know, enough, um, spending time with people, you know, on FaceTime <laughs> or Zoom or what have you, um, if you, you know, because of COVID, right, sure, um, sure. you know, uh, you remembering these folks and telling stories and being like, oh, do you remember when Sam shoved a peanut, peanut up his nose? How funny was that? You know, like <laughs> that, that sort of thing really, um, brings comfort and, mm-hmm. and tends to the heart space, you know, in these times. Same, same for like the candle ritual too. Yes. You can recite the things that make yeah. you laugh about them, the things that, that you, um, their accomplishments, the things that you found so loving and genuine and honest about each one of these people. And you can recite that in sort of a love letter mm-hmm. for each one. Oh, I love that. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. And then also giving thanks to them too, you know, Mm -hmm. saying specifically like, thank you, grandpa, for helping me hotwire a car, (laughs) helping me learn how to change my tires, you know, you know, all the, all those sorts of things that you've, um, you've, um, accomplished with Mm -hmm. that person is always nice. And then of course, setting up an altar, Mm -hmm. you know, adding your candles that Leslie suggested, but then also adding photographs of them. Um, of course, making sure that no one living, is in the photographs. So just pictures of them only, um, tokens of, mm-hmm. of, of their lives and, you know, flowers and so on and so mm-hmm. on. So, mm-hmm. but Samhain is a, a really nice time of year to begin that practice. And I hope, I hope this helps, you know, in your mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. Anna from Massachusetts writes, Hey folks, I have a question for you. I have just recently finished my senior year of high school and due to COVID the year has been cut short abruptly. My school is holding an outdoor graduation this weekend, but I do not feel comfortable attending. Instead, I'm wondering if there's anything that I could do to find closure in my own witchy way. 
or to honor the experiences I have had at the school as to cut ties with that chapter in my life. I've just recently been called to practice witchcraft, so my experience is limited, but I feel as though this may be a time in my life where I could benefit from it. Thanks so much. I appreciate you both. Thank you and congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Wonderful, Anna. Great accomplishment, my dear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where ceremony is important Yes, in all areas of your life. And, and you don't have to necessarily be in a group of people to have a very honorable a meaningful ceremony. It can be something that you choose to do. You know this, Allison, we talk about this a lot. Everybody thinks that witchcraft is about constantly casting spells, but I really feel like it's always tending to a flame. You know, it's always about honoring something. Yeah. You know, I mean, spells, spell casting happens. Sure. Um, there's no doubt about when it. it should. But it, yeah. When it should. But, you know, in this case, it doesn't really necessarily feel about, it just feels like an honoring. Yeah. An, an, another... Um, moment to capture, recapture, mm-hmm. and then release. Mm-hmm. What do you think? The action of stepping through a doorway. Threshold. And yes. really, like, threshold magic, mm-hmm. yeah. Really being mindful of one half of the threshold and then the other half of the, of the threshold. One half being high school and what that looks like and standing in a space where you're really in your body, in your heart, in your mind, feeling what high school felt like to you. Remembering the good times, remembering the bad times, remembering your favorite teachers, your favorite subjects, all the things that you accomplished, all the, you know, all your experiences. And then when you're ready, purposefully, mm-hmm. masterfully, physically stepping over that threshold into that new space of possibility of new experiences Mm -hmm. of plans and goals that you may be um, working on right now Um, but really you know making it like Leslie said as ceremonial as you possibly Mm -hmm. can Mm -hmm. because that's what going up on stage and getting your your diploma is about you go up on stage you get your diploma you shake the hand you get your picture taken that's a ceremony Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. by creating your own ceremony in a safe way you're still marking that passage of time Mm -hmm. and this very important stage in your life and I think you can get as creative as you want. That's like a, right. a, you can yep. you can adorn the 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 archway yep. or doorway or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can adorn it, um, however you wanted to. You know, like yeah. And and really visually decorate one side of your space as being high school, right? So you could put your diploma. You can put your your book. You can put your you know, cap and gown that you are going to wear, or your your band jacket, or you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, or you could you could even do that. You could be wearing your band jacket. Those I was in talismans so I, of high school. Yeah, right. And so you're wearing that in high school in on that side of the of the doorway. Um, and then as you walk through, you throw off, you know, gracefully throw off that band yes. jacket. <laughs> You know, and then on that other side, you it feels have, very dramatic, but I also love it. Like I do too. Yeah. Because you're, you know, it's like the physical action of just yeah. like, you know, casting yeah. this off with gratitude. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, decorate your new, your, the other side, you know, it with um, objects and symbols of, of the things that you're working towards right. now that you've, you've graduated, whatever that may be. Well, so. just think about it. 
at a graduation ceremony mm-hmm. with a cap and gown. We were just talking about this yep. earlier with the tassel. Yeah. They turn the tassel they do. as a symbol of, of like basically a completion. ritual of passage, yeah. completion. Yep. So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, it I is. I love it. I love it too. Oh, good for you, my friend. Yeah, well Congratulations. Done. Congratulations. And thank you for our patience as we, yeah. we get to you. I know it's, it's passed a little bit, but that doesn't mean that you can't do this at any time. That's right. That's right. Anonymous from Pennsylvania. Hello. First off, I want to thank you so much for your wonderful podcast. I found it a few months after I started teaching myself to read tarot cards, and it's been so helpful. Thank you for being such wonderful teachers. My question is about tarot, and I apologize in advance because it's on the long side. Two weeks ago, I pulled the tower. I've received this card once before at a reading about five years ago. Right after I got it, everything in my life basically fell apart. Surprise, surprise. My career, which is in the arts and which was looking really promising, hit some hard setbacks that left me kind of heartbroken, stopped me from doing my art for a long time, and still has me wondering if I'll ever succeed in my field. Around this time, I also moved back to my hometown for a day job I was super excited about, which turned out to be really emotionally taxing and crappy. I'd also been hoping to reconnect with my old friend group, but I had difficulty doing that and ended up feeling deeply lonely, and like I must have done something bad to my old friends, hurt them in some way, only I couldn't figure out what I did. I'm still putting myself together from that, so when I got the tower card again, it really scared me. The thing is, I know I need a disruption in my life right now. I'm doing way better. I've had a rad therapist, a wonderful group of friends, and I'm working on putting my art back out into the world again. But in spite of all this, I still feel stuck and depressed, and I know something needs to change. But I got so freaked out about going through another tower period that I kind of shut down. I didn't do any rituals around the card. And so far, nothing at all disruptive has happened. And I'm weirdly relieved and disappointed at the same time. So I guess that this is a very long-winded way of asking a two-part question. One, could a tower event still be coming? Or did I shut down the energy somehow? And if so, did I lose my chance to make a necessary change? And number two... How do I stop being so scared of this card? It's one of my birth cards. The other is the chariot. So I'd really like to stop being freaked out by it. Mm. (sighs) Big, big deep Tough teachers, tough teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the thing about the tower, and this is how I've always come to understand it. I do love the idea of pulling a card, but sometimes in the case of the tower, I would always say, pull another card if it scares you. Say, okay, team, this is a card that comes up I've had an experience with it before. Give me some clarification, pull, over and pull another card. Because that'll give you a little bit more insight. Because here's the thing about the tower. You can either be aware of the change that needs to be made and make it, and thus it isn't so abrupt. Or you're completely blindsided, like what happened to you five years ago. But I would love for you to go back and see what the glimmers of light were during that period, because I call the tower a tough teacher because the tower says there are things that need to change. So maybe just your experience from having such a disruption in your life and seeing it now, I don't think that it necessarily, I don't think you've shut down the change, but I think what's different is that you're aware of it now. And so by becoming aware of it, it doesn't have to be as much of a, of a, 
of a scare for you. You can say, okay, there are changes that need to be made in my life. I'm ready to make these changes because the tower asks us to look deep within ourselves. I mean, we're in very much a tower energy year. There's great loss. There's incredible gain. And I think that there are just periods in our life where we're going through major lessons major challenges that will have a very positive outcome for us. You just never know. It's, it's, hindsight is, what do they say? Hindsight's twenty twenty. You can look back and it can be like, wow, okay, that happened for that reason, that for reason. But I just get the overall feeling that you're much more aware of the card now. And for me, you kind of ask, like, how do I get over being a frightened? You get to know the card in a different way. It, you, the more that you start working with tarot, the more you're going to see how the tower can show up in many, it has many faces. And it doesn't always have to be feared. And in fact, the tower shows up as an opportunity for us to do better. And sometimes we do get thrown out of a, um, a path that was too comfortable mm. and things need to change. Everything needs to be restructured and the tower is really about renovation for mm-hmm. me. Really about, right? You can either have a flood in your home and you have to renovate it or you choose to renovate your kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. So you can either know that this change is coming and you can prepare yourself for it or in your case, like five years ago, it was an abrupt change that you weren't maybe feeling ready for. Something that I was thinking about too is like the tarot is a tool to know ourselves. And um, it's not always, you know, fortune telling. It's, it's sometimes it's just, it's about self-discovery. And I can, you know, I can reflect upon my own life and understand that there were points in my life where the tower energy was, was doing what it did to you five years ago and just totally like wrecking ball style being Mm -hmm. like, all right, let's, let's fuck shit up. You know, Mm -hmm. let's just set fire to it and see what happens afterwards, you know? And then there are other times where it's like, okay, I'm really like, I'm actually open at this point at, um, to look at my life with, um, a more discerning eye. Sometimes I think that the tarot is about like, okay, girl, um, let's really look at how you're handling yourself right now, Mm -hmm. as opposed to blindly walking into boundaryless situations and harmful places and things like that. And I'm not saying that five years ago was a harmful place, but sometimes we just put ourselves into places that we really aren't being aware of Mm -hmm. as far as an awakening. Mm -hmm. self-awareness you know being like looking around your life and being able to tap on certain aspects and be like you know what i need to renovate this aspect Mm -hmm. i need to renovate that aspect Mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't want to look at anything and i think that's when the tower really becomes that wrecking ball when we're not in a position of self-awareness where we can honestly look at every single aspect of our lives and really like see it yeah truly well that make sense it totally does and i almost sometimes feel like tara will play a really wonderful game with us like hey here's that tower card let's take a moment and look back and see how far you've come because you do have a rad therapist now Uh you do have a wonderful group of friends Mm -hmm. you are putting your art back out into the world look how far you've come and i want to be here as a reminder that you have been you've you've done it yeah, you've challenged, you know, like I challenged you, you accepted the challenge and you're so much stronger now. Now, I've also want to say too that sometimes I see the tower come into readings where it's like, 
well, here we go. <laughs> you know, you want to you wanna be known for your art? You want to start, here we go. Everything's about to change for you mm. significantly. It can be exactly a lightning bolt of extreme energy and illumination. So it doesn't always have to come in a, in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And for you to say that your other birth card is the chariot, so to have the chariot and, and the tower be two of your birth cards, to me, it's like you break it down and succeed. You break it down and succeed. Or you succeed when things are broken down. Mm-hmm. So it feels like your loop is kind of in that. Like you mm-hmm. have, you're always given the energy to get through the tough situations and it makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. Like you're a soul that's really like committed to, to learning. Mm. in this life. I love that. Do you? I do. Do you? I love it so much. I love tarot cards. I need to talk about tarot cards more here. You do. I need to talk about spreads with folks. I totally agree. I don't do that enough. No, you don't. And I use it all the time. This is a platform where you can. I know. And there are so many readers out there that are like, oh, here's this spread that I... I never do that. I should do that. You should do that. I guess it's just like, no, this is my little friend and we're going to do this stuff together and going to yeah. share it with the world yeah okay only when you're ready i think i'm ready i think you are too <laughs> my friend it's on the other side of all this change that's happening mm. you know i think so okay well thank you anonymous yeah thank you anonymous katie from oregon writes hi hags i had a dream last night that prompted a question for y'all I was with my older sister by a river and all of a sudden someone pushed slashed pulled me under the water and held me there. I reached out to my sister in the dream above, but she couldn't see or help. This part was vague. I struggled until my wife woke me up in real life, saying that I was panicking in my sleep. I thought about the dream all day. I have three sisters in real life that live far away that I don't see often, and none of us had this dream's experience. I was wondering if this is a past life dream. Does that happen? It was so vivid, I could feel, hear, taste the water moving around me. I have been trying to get to know some of my ancestors better, particularly ones who may have been witches. Are these kinds of dreams their past? Anyway, thanks for reading and for the amazing podcast you create. P.S. I don't mind if this is how my ancestors are trying to communicate with me. I've been a vivid and lucid dreamer my whole life, so the intensity of the dreams slash memories doesn't bother me one bit. I just want to know how to use them. Mm-hmm. Great cool. question. Yeah. Great question. So two things immediately came in, um, Katie. The first is that, yes, I, um, I do believe that you can dream about a past life. I believe that you can dream... Let's just say this. I think it's limitless. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that there is this unlimited potential within our dream world, and I do believe that you were taken to another place. Um, I have a couple things I want to ask. Water is a veil to the other world. That's, That's how right. we communicate with our loved ones that have passed, our ancestors, our spirit team. Was the water moving? Mm. Because mm-hmm. moving bodies of water generally illustrate this this communication right. between yeah, the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other thing was I was getting the intuitive sense that you were experiencing an intense like spiritual healing. Mm, like a baptism? Up, yeah, kind of. Or like um like a psychic upgrade in a way. Mm. Prophetically. But I, I I do agree that this is um it is also quite possible that this was 
an ancestral vision. Hmm. What, what, what makes you what makes you say that? Is that just an intuitive? That was intuitive. Thing? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was thinking about um, spirit connection too when it comes to rivers, and I find it interesting that it was your sister that you were you were reaching out to, and I'm wondering if maybe this was also like you trying to find a deeper connection with that particular person, mm-hmm. and maybe. I don't even want to say maybe. I think mm-hmm. that um, it was also your sister communicating with you as well mm-hmm. in the dream in the dream world. Even I mean, and I think that dreams can be mixed up. I think that oh, yeah. it can be a mashup uh, as Absolutely. far as the dream world goes. You know, past life stuff, ancestors coming in, and then your own you know current self. You know, needing to to um, communicate with you too. It just it sound and it's it was such a powerful experience too, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's so noteworthy, you know, to really c- kind of sit in that. Yeah, I love the I love that you mentioned that because it's like she's reaching out for her sister, and her sister can't see her, you know, or yeah. or see her to help her. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting stuff, but. You know, and you can you can do further investigation on this too, Katie. We've talked about this before. If this was such a poignant dream for you, you can take yourself into a meditative state, and it might even be helpful to do this in a ritual bath um, to kind of begin to relive that. Ask your team to come and protect you while you're doing this work. Ask your ancestors to be there to help you while you're doing this work, to protect you while you're doing this work. And see where, go back to that very moment and replay it and allow the next natural visions, the next natural feelings to come in and inform you and see where that goes. And see if your sister does reach out to you and find you and what does she say? Or see if there is an ancestor or, you know, somebody that seems familiar Mm -hmm. come towards you and see what they might say. Or maybe there's a vision that you have or a thought while you're under the water mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Some sort of completion. Some sort of completion. I think completion. that would be really nice. In a safe, controlled space. Yes, of course. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Interesting. And also, too, I, I know you're saying you don't mind that they communicate with this way, but it could be smart to set up, you know, that yeah. that sort of, you know, yeah. astral phone booth, you uh-huh. know, your, your, you know, a.k.a. your altar and say, hey. Let's meet here and let's talk here yeah. because I want to really remember these things and I want to remember the messages. Yeah. Yep. They won't know unless you ask mm-hmm. and they won't know unless you are clear about what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So it is very important to kind of, um, you know, they're not mind readers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's very important to, to speak concisely and clearly about what you're looking for. Yeah, with them. And they believe in free will. Yes, they do. And so you're, they're not going to interfere unless they've been asked to. And invited. Yeah, come in. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Katie, for Thank you, Katie. your support and your brilliant question and sharing a little bit of your family. It's wonderful. Us. Hello, Hagalas. This is Jackie reporting from Seattle, Washington. Um, As you may know, the West Coast is braving the elements right now um, with the fires and all of the smoke in the air. Um, And while we are staying safe, I was curious if you had any tips or advice for 
cleansing or clearing an area when you can't really open your windows or doors because um, the outside is just not safe. <laughs> um, so um, any advice you have on that would be great. Um, thank you so much for your podcast. And I look forward to hearing from you both. And I love you. Thank you so much. Jackie, I love you. I love, I you. love to hear your voice. You've, you've, you know, we've answered some of your questions before. Aww. And it is so wonderful to hear your voice. That is why it's so important to call in. Yeah. We want to hear your voice voices. Are so fun. Ugh. How do they do that? They, they go to the anchor, to the anchor FM, the anchor app. FM app. Yeah, and you make a little little profile. Profiles yeah. are easy to make these days. Yeah. We have a shit ton of them. Yeah, and then you just find our podcast and you and you just hit voicemail. I think that's so cool. Yeah, and you. I think you've got a minute, right? Yeah, one yeah. full minute to ask us anything you want and talk about whatever mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, this, Jackie, so yeah, much for, Jackie, for this calling is a in. G- brilliant question too Absolutely. that I don't think we've ever talked about. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to jump um, into this. My heart goes out to all you listeners that are going through um, the wildfires out there on the West Coast. Um, I've been thinking about you guys every day. Mm-hmm. I include you <clears throat> in my protection work that I'm doing. Um, you know, personally at my altar. And I am sorry. I'm really sorry that you folks are going to through this and I'm sending you strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you cleanse your space oh, when you God. can't open I your love, windows? I love, I love this work. Oh, me too. I love, I, I, it's true, Donna. I love it. She's <laughs> looking at me. <laughs> Oh, oh, bells. Bells, oh, I love bells, bells, bells. Or clapping your hands. Yes. Sound. Sound, Sound. does such a good job. Singing. I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Sing up into the corners. That's right. That's right. Whisper to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I whisper afterwards usually. I clap and then whisper afterwards okay. and sing to them. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. I, I like to... Um, <laughs> okay. That's interesting. That is. No, no I didn't mean to sound <laughs> no, patronizing. No, I know I you really didn't. I love... No, I love I just love making you. fun of myself. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I like to... I like to like use... I'm going to pull away from yeah. the mic. Yeah. I like to use my resonance voice and like get really loud and big and my voice and using my voice in the space and just speak what is true and what I'm trying to work on. So I cleanse and bless this space and my eyes get really big as Leslie just showed me. No, I'm just saying my eyes are so big because I love hearing this. Yeah. So just bold sound filling up the space. Filling up the space with your bellowing, voice. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you're using your body, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as an active tool for cleansing. So something has been coming. Mm-hmm. I've been doing recently too. Um, that just started the other day, and I, I do this as a form of protection, but I also do it as a form of clearing. And it's just been something that came in just recently, and it's kind of shown up every month in a different sort of way. But I will. Um, you know in movies when there's like a big sonic sound and uh, everybody goes, Ooh. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and like totally. it's, everything kind of slows down and the like the vision blurs a little bit. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. when there's like a Yeah. I don't know, it's usually in like sci-fi yeah. or like, you know, Marvel movies or something. I think I think of um The Matrix. Yes. So yeah. I, I like I, I don't just started doing this where I like will go deeply into my play into a space within me and I'll and then I like throw the energy. <laughs> what? It's what I do. And I'll like throw the energy wow. out so it like ripples out. So if I'm in 
like the I'll stand in the center of the room and I'll do it. I totally see this. It's like um, uh, throwing a stone into a pond. Yes, but the stone's coming from the center of your yes, you like your solar plexus out. Okay, so I like I pull the energy, so I raise the energy in my body, and then oh, that's fantastic. So that's one way of doing oh, I it. I like that. But I yeah, I, I like it. Do you like it? I do. So well, the, another thing that I was I think so too. The other thing I was thinking was um, I've been really enjoying doing like plant boils on my stove. Yeah. Yeah. So like burning or putting a pot full of water, uh-huh. rosemary, yeah. salt, and lemon slices. A plus. Oh. And then, and then doing my stew, my cleansing stew on the stove, right? Like my purifying stew on the stove. That's great. And then that kind of billows circulates out, in the house. Circulates in the house. Mm-hmm. You could you could go as far as you want with this. You could pour like a little cup or bowl and set it in each room mm-hmm. and allow that to clear. You could strain it and use it in a floor wash mm-hmm. and a, a corner wash in your mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also put it in a bath. Yeah, and do it that way. And then to cleansing the space, purifying the space, and then blessing it by lighting a candle in each room. And you don't have to necessarily, you don't have to open up the windows to do this. No, definitely not. Um, Last thing that I was thinking of was there's a tradition of brushing the body with um, plants that are really good at cleansing. And so rosemary um, was is a, a big one, you know, that you can definitely find bundles of rosemary in your produce department. Yeah. The grocery store, you don't need a whole lot of plant material to do this, but, um, I, I have a bunch of, um, dried elder, uh, leaves and, and they're still on twigs. So I use this as like a, um, a cleansing tool, but, um, a bundle of, um, flowers could also do the trick too, you know, from like Trader Joe's or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, you know, using, um, this brushing, uh, method, um, to cleanse and bless your space as well, making sure that you get up into the corners of your rooms because Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, energy tends to collect Mm -hmm. stagnant energy Mm -hmm. tends to collect. So the brushing method is always fun. I love that. And using a a broom in that way too. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're cleansing broom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then cleansing down your like threshold door your mm-hmm. archways and stuff too with the I do really like rosemary yeah me though. too, me too. It. and it's accessible you know you like anybody can find it basil if you're like getting out of a relationship mm-hmm. and you want to cleanse the space because mm-hmm. basil is really great for sort of purifying that love that's true energy that's true but I, I also think following it up with lighting a candle in each yeah. room is really key. And that can just be like a little tea light. It doesn't have yeah. to be a ceremonial pillar or whatever. No. It can be simple, you know, dollar store style. Yeah. So whatever. Whatever you got, man. Yeah. Use it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Jackie. It was Aww. so great to hear Jackie, your voice. You so and we're much. so thankful for you and your support. So uh, Leslie and I both have gone through some exciting transitions um and we just want to talk a little bit about our experiences so i you know my shop my physical shop space will be um enjoying its five year anniversary in 2021 Mm -hmm. thank you i'm very excited i had some big big plans for that um one of them being a rebrand i just thought why wait Mm-hmm. <laughs> Recently, I've had a couple people approach me with concerns regarding the name, which is Juju. It's been something that I have always kind of, you know, been present and um, aware of when I, when I just really just about a year after I opened the shop, I started to feel like, oof, this isn't right. Juju is a West African 
word, although it was adopted from the French word juju, which was plaything, it's still very yeah. prevalent, yeah. known as a West African word. Sure. Um, and when I named my cat Juju 16 years ago, I, I just, I wasn't educated. We were enough not aware. At the time. We yeah. weren't aware. I wasn't yep. educated. And so recently I just thought, you know what? I've been testing this out for a while mm-hmm. on a different platform. I have been playing around with it a little bit in my bio page and sort of my about. Um, and I thought, let's just do it. So I'm changing the name to Ceremonial. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm very God. excited about this because I feel that ceremonial, ceremony, ceremonial is a neutral cross-cultural word mm-hmm. that we can all relate to. And I was just talking to um, Allison and Donna about this when I first came here that like, I think it's so important to create ceremony in everything that you, you know, every day, bring some sort of a, a ritual or a yeah. rite or a ceremony to your day to add intention. And so the reason I chose ceremonial was because I wanted us to be able to celebrate life in an intentional way, to celebrate the, sh- the thresholds that we cross, as we talked, you know, earlier, the, you know, the the affirmations should be sung in a celebratory, ceremonial way, and I just feel like it's time to start truly sharing how important it is to live intentionally. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's appropriate. Thank you. I think it's courageous. Thank you. um, Because as a small business owner myself, um, it's very, very challenging to kind of re-envision what this being is, because that's Mm -hmm. what businesses are. They're kind of an extension of yourselves. Um, and I think it's I think it's great mm-hmm. and brilliant Thanks. what you're doing, um, and it also is acknowledging um, the growth that Absolutely. we as a collective are working on being anti-racist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's the knowledge that we are gaining during this time. It's the work that we're doing on ourselves. It's yeah. the acknowledgement yeah. of the trauma that and the harm that can be caused mm-hmm. when we're not aware of practices. Um, so I think it's, I think it's beautiful, my friend. It's Thank beautiful. you. It, yeah. it, you know, I mentioned earlier when we can make these small changes on a community level, it really radiates I out I totally to agree. the, to the global, mm-hmm. to the national. Mm-hmm. And I think these changes need to start in small ways that are actually big ways. Yeah. And I think being transparent and honest is, mm-hmm. is it is a way that I choose to lead my life. I try to be Same. an honest, compassionate, genuine person. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to recognize when I'm wrong mm-hmm. and I try not to boast when I'm right. Yeah. And yeah. I want to live in a world that honors that. I and am in full support and agreement with you. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, um, I'm I'm ready. I'm yeah, so excited to so do cool. this. Thank you. Yeah. You so know, yeah, that's going to start happening over over time, and I've got some exciting things that will be coming along with that. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, my journey echoes yes, yours. Actually, it does. Um, recently, um, at the beginning of September. Um, we relaunched our brand. Um, we renamed our business from Native Apothecary to Land Spirits, um, which those of you on Instagram have known about for a, a bit of time. But I had a similar um, experience, which is that um, 
when I started Native Apothecary in 2012, I'm a, I'm a wild forager. My focus has always been on the landscape. It's always been about, you know, encouraging people to learn about their native land. Um, and so by naming my business Native Apothecary, I thought that I was conveying you know mm-hmm. that. Um, and then over time, I also got feedback and mm-hmm. questions about, you know, why I chose um, to name my business Native Apothecary. A lot of folks thought that I was a First Nation person um, and kind of calling out that culture. Um, and so, you know, over time, I also felt, you know, it, it was it was really time, you know, to rename the business. And then some other things happened, and I found out that Apothecary in, in our current uh, state of Pennsylvania is not an appropriate name <laughs> for a business um, that does not hold a pharmacy license. So it was kind of like the universe was like pushing me in that yeah. direction. Yeah. And, and so I think Land Spirits is a, a beautiful container for, you know, for what we do, um, you know, as far as, you know, honoring mm-hmm. uh, what the land provides for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we launched our online presence at landspiritsalchemy.com, and that's where you can find all my herbal products and services and things like that. And Leslie, I think your website's going to change too. Do you know what yeah. it is at this time? Yeah, it's going to be ceremonialshop.com. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So that's going to happen in time, but very, yeah. So my October 1st will be my first like social media shift. Yeah. And then things will kind of trickle down from there, mm-hmm. and there will be some some uh, window changes. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun. important to be graceful with ourselves when mm-hmm. we make mistakes mm-hmm. because we all do it. Oh, yeah. And it's always important to be humble and say, okay, it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm really grateful for, for the opportunity to be able to, to rework this. And it seems like it's gone very smoothly for you. It has. It has. And I want to thank everybody who's, who supported us, mm-hmm. you know, in this, in this way and um, chosen to bring plant spirit remedies into their lives. So thank you, everyone. And it just feels like, um, it does, it feels like an expansion and a growth. Mm-hmm. And, I would and agree. It, it, feels like, um, it feels like a maturing mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For both of us, too. Sure. Just being honest, being transparent, mm-hmm. and then having an opportunity to make that change. That's right. That's right. Anyway, that's Shop Corner, that's guys. Shop. Thanks for listening. Shop Corner. Shop Corner. Shop Corner. Love it. Love it. Well, that's thank a, you. It's yeah. our jingle. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> the Ask a Hag podcast is produced by Donna Kyler. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen. You can be a part of the podcast too. Leave us a voicemail message on the Anchor FM app and we'll play it on the show. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts. We love five stars so much. You can find us on Instagram at ask.a.hag or at askahagpodcast.com. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs>
Donna, what do you think about doppelgangers? Are you talking about um, sneaky spirits? Sneaky spirits? Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they're tricksters, it does, you know. Yeah, it? I think there are times where I, you know, I feel I can see the person I'm talking to. They look right, mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe nothing really adds up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and maybe that's that situation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you, in real life or in dreams? Yeah, I feel like in real life, mm-hmm. um, it's like a maybe person, that, like like an like a spirit dressed as a person and trying to act as though like they're just trying to get past, yeah, get past, get one up on me. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, I would hope that that was the situation because sometimes when I'm just like having a conversation with uh, a family member uh-huh. or a neighbor. <laughs> Like, I do hope that it's a spirit trying yeah. to pretend to be my neighbor. Yeah. And in actuality, it's not some ancient ghoul. Ooh. That An makes me ghoul. feel better. That's yeah. cre- that scares me. It does it scare you? It does. Doppelgangers? Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested You're in not that. You're not interested in that? Mm-mm. Okay. No, but they, they show up a lot in dreams, too, for me. Okay. Mm. And that's kind of one of their ways they do like to mm-hmm. show up as... Infiltrate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, be gone with you, ghoul. <laughs> be gone with you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> ah! That's right. Cool. Did I kind of go off on a tangent? It was good. About Elf Blot? It was okay. good because I, I dropped is out. It, is it like appropriate? <laughs> I dropped out. It's No, it's I think related, it's awesome. Yeah. Right? Okay. What? what? I got hokey belly. You're Okay. Eat more candy. I maybe I will. <laughs> candy. God, <laughs> Don't get chocolate on my couch. I won't. <laughs> I won't. This tastes like licorice. What? Like, oh, they yeah. like cross contaminate. Yeah, they do. Mhm. It's glorious. Mhm. Yeah. It's like the the pillowcase smells. It, yeah. You're talking about. That's right. Mhm. I got. I got an entire bag of red. <gasps> you did not. It's yours. No. I did. No. There's one orange and all red. <gasps> Just have it. But I'll take one red. Just put it right there on that. <laughs> Just put it on her. Put it on her peanut butter cup wrapper. Put it an offering for Leslie. I give you an offering. No wise one. Of red number 40. (laughs) I know, like the worst thing. I love you. Oh. Oh. What's that flavor? Oh, God. Is it cherry? Mmm. It's like. (laughs) (laughs) Pomegranate. It's like cherry raspberry. Acai. Mmm. Acai. 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 That's creepy. Mm-hmm. Asai. All right, so what modern Halloween traditions are we... Oh, that was what Asai. you were talking about with them. I love it. I'm into it. It's hot. 